Hello and welcome to the Juicy Deets NFL Podcast. I am Alex Jensen. With me here, as always, Zach Deets. Zach, how you holding up today? Doing good, man. Uh, sucks we haven't been able to record. Uh, sorry for everybody who listens to us. We know you look forward to our podcast coming out, but you know, life gets in the way sometimes. You know, we've been trying to do our offensive tackle podcast probably the last two weeks. Just haven't had the time. Going to try and bring that to you guys early next week. And yeah, unfortunately, we weren't able to do the betting lines pod before Thursday night football. Um, I guess we both would have got the line wrong, at least, or according to the doc we did, you took the under, which I did check, Alex, to just, I'm not calling you a cheater or a liar, but I did check, like, on the Google Doc, I clicked last edit, and you did do under before the game yesterday, so it's all good. So Alex gets a win there for the under, I would have taken the over anyway, so I'll be fair, so I'm 0-2, great. (laughs) <laughs> solid start i would have accepted just a wash there but uh i respect very strongly that you were true to yourself on that one but yeah that was a weird game that was a weird game uh it was you just never know what's gonna happen any given day and uh that game was definitely proof of it that being said we're gonna try to power through this one a little bit quickly here and uh, we got some fun matchups this week, I think. I feel like it's a fun week. I know I'm kind of slamming the under a little bit on a lot of the games this week. I definitely noticed that as I was going through. Zach looks like it's going to be a little bit different there. So uh, that's going to be fun to let play out. Uh, last week, what was it? We went uh, decent overall. I think uh, you were 13 and 15. I was 16 and 12. So over 500 as a pod. I'm back above 500 on the year, I believe. Narrowly. Narrowly. Gotta gotta be uh, getting my shit together this week for sure to stay above, but uh, pretty excited for it. First matchup of the week, we have the Atlanta Falcons, who have kind of been rallying to a decent record right now at the uh, Dallas Cowboys, who got smacked out of nowhere last week. I don't think very many people predicted that coming. Cowboys still favored by nine. Vegas not phased at all. Zach, I'll let you start it off. Who you taking in this one? Um, I'm going to go with the Cowboys in here. Uh, just going to keep it simple. Uh, last week was probably, I mean, just in terms of like expectations, one of the more shocking results of the year, because like there was no, I mean, outside of Dak coming off the injury, which I mean, they made it seem like he was healthy enough to start against Minnesota the previous week, but they wanted to play it safe given his injury last year. So I don't even know how big of an excuse that is considering like, Dallas probably, I mean, he's been fairly, he's been close to 100% the last two weeks. Uh, Maybe he's not that, we'll figure that out sooner than later, perhaps, but just a weird result last week. I do agree with you, the Falcons have been looking, you know, not putrid. Um, Cordero Patterson has played a big part in that. Matt Ryan, uh, despite the embarrassing performance I believe it was two weeks ago. He's been playing pretty solid, but at the end of the day, this just screams get right spot for Dallas. I don't think Dak will have a problem going against this defense. I'll take the Cowboys here over under 45 and a half. Largest one of the week. I'm going to take the over here still. Um, The Dallas defense, especially the secondary, giving up a ton of yardage, and we all know how poor Atlanta's can be. So, 
I don't think there will be any, you know, lack of scoring going on here. So I will take the over here. And I'm going to go the alternate route for the the uh, score of the game itself. I think the Falcons are going to keep it close in this one. Over the last five games, they haven't had a single game uh, separated by more than a touchdown either way against decent teams, which I do think the Falcons are a decent team. I think they're at least very well coached. The Cowboys haven't had very many games, so they've won by more than a touchdown. I think it's going to be a high-scoring kind of back-and-forth game. It's going to come down to who gets forced into kicking a couple field goals. Ultimately, I do think the Cowboys win, but nine points is just a little bit too much for me in this one. So taking the Falcons, but I do agree with you. Very high-scoring game. I believe it is the high, yeah, highest line of the week. I'm still taking the over on it. I think there's going to be a lot of points in this game. Maybe something along the lines of a 31 or a 34 to 28 type performance overall. Kind of an intriguing matchup next week. We have the very injured and very questionable playmaker uh, with Alvin Kamara potentially out. New Orleans Saints going up against Tennessee Titans without Derrick Henry. And I believe with a banged up uh, number 11 on the wide receiver court. So missing a lot of playmakers. I don't know why I'm totally blanking on uh, AJ Brown's name there, but uh, I struggled, struggled a little bit, but uh, yeah, it's kind of an interesting matchup. Titans. I don't think very many people expected them to be seven and two right now. Even people that are high on them coming into the year, especially not after week ones and two. So they've been pretty impressive. I got to say, I got to say looking like a good team. I see no reason not to roll Titans favored by three in this one especially with just the Saints. Offensive play calling can be great. Offensive line can be great. You got to get the ball to somebody with somebody. I don't know that Trevor Simeon or whoever they end up using at quarterback is really scaring me given the weapons they have. Going to take the Titans in this one. I am going to take the over, though. 45-point over, fairly low, pretty close to where I expect it to be. I think that both offenses will struggle to score a little bit. But at the end of the day... I just think points are going to end up on the board. I think we've got a really good offensive unit in Tennessee, even without Derrick Henry. And I think we have a really good offensive play calling group between Carmichael and Peyton over there in New Orleans. So 45 is just a little too low for me. What about you, Zach? Uh, yeah, we're going to be, in your words, we're going to be in lockstep, lockstep. In, in this game. <laughs> yep. Yes, sir. Um, I'm going to take the Titans in this one. I don't feel great about it. I mean, you know, Tennessee, last week's pod, I said I thought the Titans-Rams game had blowout potential, and then Matt Stafford just decided to, you know, hand the game on a silver platter to Tennessee. So, big whiff on my part. Got to stop doing that. Um, the Titans, I agree with you. A lot of what you said, like, it's still a very good offensive unit. I don't think Ryan Tannehill's a top-five quarterback, but he's definitely... You know, playing like a top 10 guy, in my opinion, and the offense that they're running, even though I wasn't a big fan of Todd Downing coming into the year, has been very effective. The defense is making strides. Kevin Bayard, in my opinion, has been the best safety in the league. Like, I don't even think it's close. Like, he has been incredible this season for them. And even guys like Amani Hooker and your guy, Elijah Molden, defensive rookie of the year, he looked pretty good. Let's go. Um, yeah, I... I'll take the Titans here. I feel good about it. I don't feel great about it. I do feel good about this overpick, 45, as you said the line was. I get it's, you know, a two depleted offenses against 
kind of two pretty good defenses. The Saints obviously better than the Titans, but at the end of the day, Basically, I agree with everything you said regarding that of the uh, personnel on Tennessee and the coaching on New Orleans. I think both teams could easily surpass that number. I would probably say a final score, maybe like 27-21 for Tennessee. But we are moving on. We have an AFC South matchup. The Jacksonville Jaguars coming off probably the biggest upset. Of the year. I, I mean, I would take that as big a stump set over Jets-Titans, in my opinion. Just because of how Jacksonville completely shut down Buffalo defensively. But the Jaguars are heading to take on another great defensive team in the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts favored by 10.5. And, and kind of similar to the way... I feel like a lot of these games, there were a lot of weird results last week. I'm seeing a lot of bounce-back performances this week. I think the Colts will take care of Jacksonville pretty easily. I understand it's a divisional game, you know, but Carson Wentz has looked really good. Jonathan Taylor, with Derrick Henry, now out for the year, has looked like the best running back in the league. And they're having some of the receivers step up. Like, Zach Pascal's look good. Michael Pittman looks like the guy that they drafted. Plus, the defense is looking rather solid as well. It's a unit that is built on bending and not breaking. Frank Reich has done a fantastic job with this team, and I think they take care of business at home against Jacksonville. I like the Colts minus 10.5. Over-under in this game is 47.5. That feels weird. I mean, that's a very good number I feel like they put on this game because, you know, I don't know. Maybe they're trying to avoid like a 28-20 or something like that. Like that is the score that they're predicting, which I would have to see how much money's on Jacksonville. I feel like it would be a decent amount, probably not a lot, but I don't know, man. It just feels a little high for me. Like I said, it's a good number. I could see Jacksonville, you know, those guys being motivated, playing semi-good defense, but Trevor Lawrence, as high as his ceiling remains, I just don't see him having, you know, that breakout game against Matt Eberflus' defense. So I will take the under here. Yes, uh, we are in lockstep, hashtag lockstep, yet again here. I, I was tempted to take the Jags, actually. They've played people really close, except for the Seattle game, for most of the last few weeks. They've looked better, again, minus the Seattle game, which was disgusting. But uh, and ten and a half is a big line especially for a Carson Wentz led team but I gotta go with the Colts here man I think that it's the better coach team I think the offensive line is going to be ridiculous I see Jonathan Taylor absolutely going off I don't think they have cornerback play to match up really well against the Colts receivers who are all big and physical Michael Pittman has been looking like a monster the last couple weeks his connection with Wentz is looking really good and Wentz has always been really good throwing to that type of receiver so I think that's going to happen. And I think also the Eberflus defense, it's definitely a bend, don't break. They'll definitely allow you to go underneath quite a bit. I don't think that Trevor Lawrence is ready to pick apart a defense like that, especially with Quiddy Pay looking like he's starting to break out a little bit right now. He's looked really good, starting to get a lot of pressure. I don't think Cam Robinson's going to be stopping him too much. So if you can't run the ball in Urban Meyer offense and you can't throw the ball deep, it's, it's a tough, tough ass. So I'm going to take the Colts to cover that 10.5-point spread. That being said, for a game that I thought was going to be 
a little bit of a close game, at least a somewhat low-scoring game for the Colts that's going to be run-heavy that I still think the Colts are going to cover the 10.5 in. I can't take the over in it. And 47.5 is a decent amount of line. So this is the uh, second of many unders I will be having going this week. Next up, we have one of the more intriguing games of the entire week, I would say. It is the closest line, at least in terms of Vegas. We have the Cleveland Browns, Sands Odell, which for whatever reason has been a very, very dynamic offense every single week. Not sure why that is. Going up against the Pats, who desperately tried to get Odell for a lot of reports, which sounds like the most Bill Belichick thing ever. Try to try to get a receiver week before you play an opponent that knows everything that they're running in that in that building. But didn't land him. Patriots still favored by one and a half at home. I'm taking the Browns in this one. I think that this game really could go either way. I think that there's two bully offensive lines with different mentalities that's going to be kind of fun to watch. I think there's two very good front sevens going up against each other. I don't know the health of the Cleveland running backs. I think it might be another third string game. If I'm correct, Darius Johnson. I think that's fine. I think that any running back behind that offensive line is going to look okay. And Johnson's look good when called upon. I think Donovan Peoples-Jones is set up well up to have another game with a couple just really big plays that change momentum. I think the Browns are going to do it. And I think, man, just looking at their roster, they're one of the most complete rosters and they're starting to get back to health and it's really showing, certainly showed last week. So it's, it's an intriguing matchup. I'm excited to see it. Uh, 45 points is the over-under. That felt super low to me. Patriots are actually moving the ball pretty well. Mac Jones is playing very well at this point. I think that I don't know what the Vegas line is to take Mac Jones for rookie of the year, but it's a pretty safe bet at this point, I would have to say. So I'm, I'm definitely going with the over. I almost locked it up. I didn't end up doing it, but I think this game will end up over 45 points scored. Am I crazy, Zach, or uh, how are you feeling? Now, yet another game that we are, that's three in a row that we see completely eye to eye. I like the Browns in this matchup, and I do agree with what you said, Alex. The Patriots... They have been moving the ball a lot better. Mac Jones, you know, given the Bengals kind of spiral out and Jamar Chase not completely going off. I mean, Mac Jones looks like he's on his way to winning Offensive Rookie of the Year, which is crazy to think about in this quarterback class, but he's been playing really well. And Gator Patriots, right into it. <laughs> <laughs> the Patriots are also dealing with their own running back injuries, I believe. Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson are out for this game. So they're going to be relying a lot on Brandon Bolden. And I don't even know if they still have J.J. Taylor, guys like that. Um, Yeah, I have no idea. So it's going to be the backup running back game here. Uh, Kareem Hunt's still on IR for Cleveland. But I don't know, man. I just like – I think this Browns defense could have a good day against the Patriots. And the reason I say that is despite – some really good talent on this Patriots offensive line. It's been playing really inconsistent. And if you have Miles Garrett matched up a left tackle with Isaiah Wynn, I mean, that is a complete, complete mismatch. And I, Bill Belichick, you know, Josh McDaniels, those guys are great schemers. I just, I feel like they're going to call a very, very vanilla game. And... I don't know if you listen to Bill Simmons a lot, but he has that whole Ewing theory thing. Where I'm, I'm familiar with the theory, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, maybe... 
I mean, we've seen it with, I mean, it's not really that case with Odell. I mean, the Browns offense moves better without him. And, you know, with that distraction out of their way, I could definitely see them having a very nice performance. Getting back into their contender mode. I like the Browns in the spot, despite being on the road. Over on their 45, like you said, it feels really low. I think both teams, despite having good secondaries, they're going to be able to put some points on the board. They're going to be willing to throw the ball a lot. And 45, that just feels kind of like, I don't know, man. That's a really weird one. I almost locked it up, too. You did your locks before me. I don't want to copy you, but... um, yeah, kind of like the same thing. I was going to lock it up, but I really did not want to because I had another game that I like more. But yeah, I'm definitely going to take the over here. But we are moving on to the previously mentioned Buffalo Bills who laid probably the biggest goose egg of the year last week. I mean, that was just an... Man, I mean, that was an embarrassing performance by the offense I mean listen Jacksonville's not good but holding any team in the NFL to nine points you deserve some credit for that so credit to the Bills defense I don't know what the fuck was going on with Josh Allen in the offense that was really bad but they get I mean I'd love to call this you know a get back week but <laughs> I, I don't know if the Jets are better than the Jaguars but Mike White will be starting Bills and Jets, Jets favored on the road by 13. That is a huge, huge number, and I'm really not overreacting. I can't believe I'm doing this. I believe this is the first time I've ever done this on Juicy Deets. I'm going to take the Jets here, and even if Buffalo, yeah, I mean, I obviously don't feel great about it, but one, they're at home. Two, Mike White has looked incredibly more. If Zach Wilson was playing, I would have taken the Bills. But I do trust Mike White with some of the weapons on this Jets team. They get Corey Davis coming back, I believe. And Elijah Moore has kind of looked really good the last two games. He has that skill set where I don't think he's going to get completely embarrassed. Unless the Bills come in completely pissed off. I mean, it's a divisional game. I know I used that excuse before Jags and Colts picking the Colts. But at the same time... I just kind of like the steadiness that White brings to this offense. I think the players, this isn't like a Lions situation or maybe even, I don't even know, like a Dolphins offensive situation where like the morale's going down. Like these Jets players, they, they're they playing a win. They don't care about, you know, picking top five, going for like Derek Stingley, Kyle Hamilton, one of those guys. Like these dudes are trying to win. And while I do think Buffalo wins minus 13 on the road coming off that performance plus a slightly inconsistent season from Josh Allen overall. I mean, it just kind of feels silly. If I was picking the Bills, and, I mean, you'll get to your pick in a little bit, but I feel like if I was picking for the Bills, like, my reason would be, well, they're better. But just kind of looking more in-depth. I like the Jets here, plus 13. Um, over, under, 47.5. I'm going to take the over here, mainly for the reasons given out before. Um, I assume if, you know, the Bills defense can play as well, I don't feel really, I don't feel that good about this, but still, I think the Jets can get the passing game going. The run game, that's a question mark, but both quarterbacks I'm expecting to have big games. Tredavious White on the Bills, he's been great, so... 
that part of their defense is secondary. Who's the other? Who's the other guy who's been playing really? Is it Teron Johnson? Yeah, it's Teron Johnson. So that could cause some issues. I'm looking at this line, man. I'm taking the over. I don't feel great about it. I know you don't feel great about it, but say say your piece, Alex. Yeah, no, I'm doing the exact opposite of you. We are in uh, not step. I don't know what the opposite of lockstep is, but it is open step, something like that. <laughs> yeah, I'm taking the Bills here, even favored by 13. I feel like this is a get-right game. I Watching last week with their kind of just unbelievable loss to uh, the Jags, I, I defense played amazing, first off. And then second off, it wasn't the Bills' offense that let down. It was just Josh Allen lost his mind. He had one of the worst performances by a quarterback the entire year, looking like Zach Wilson in his first couple games out there. He just – they basically were like, hey, we will give you anything underneath. And he's like, I will not take it. And then he had a bunch of, of situations where he did get Diggs and other people wide open deep, and he just didn't put it to him. He either the offensive or- line – the offensive line was abominable too. Like I don't know, Cody Ford looks horrific. They didn't he looks play like the worst player. Great, this year. but man, Allen was just holding on to the ball and inviting a lot of pressure yeah. too. And it was just he. I mean, I, I think he summed it up the best after the game when he's this came out. He was like, "I played like shit." And then I think uh, they asked. Uh, I don't remember if it was Dable or uh, it was one of the one of the coaches. Uh, like what would happens? Like oh yeah, Josh Allen just struggled today. I don't know what it was, but. He kind of got in that like gambler type thing where he's like, oh, I'm at a deficit. I got to gotta earn it back all in one go. And he just refused to take anything. I don't think that's happening twice in a row. Uh, I don't. I, I think that this is going to be a get right game for them. I think they match up extremely well against the Jets. And I do think it's going to be a bit of a blowout. And I think they're going to be motivated to come out after, I think, two losses in a row, right? With a bye in there. It's been a minute since they won. I think they want to win convincingly. I think they'll be going for it on a lot of fourth downs. I don't think they're going to be kicking a lot of field goals. I'm anticipating a game something along the lines of 28 to 13. I do think that this is one of the best defense in the NFL. I still think it's the best overall team in the NFL outside of maybe Tampa. I think when you include coaching staff, that gives them a little bit of edge there. So as long as Josh Allen doesn't play like, you know, a UDFA that came out as a 40 year old, they'll be fine. It's which is not going to happen particularly often. So I am taking the bills in this one. I don't think a ton of points are going to go on the board. I do think it's going to be a pullout. I think that the Jets are going to really struggle to put points on the board. I think particularly against a really, really good Bills defense. And I think that it's going to get out of hand really quickly. I am actually locking up the 47 and a half point under on this one. So that's my first lock that. of the week. I, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. It's always a little scary locking the under against an angry Bills team because they can explode for 47 and a half points on their own. It feels like sometimes, but we'll see. We'll see. I, I do think that for everything that this jets roster lacks, Robert Sala has proven to be a really good coach. And uh, I, I think the least temper a little bit here. So kind of going with a counterintuitive combination of picks here, but sticking with it. Trust my gut. Uh, next up we have the, feisty Detroit Lions coming out against the Steelers. Steelers favored by eight and a half, which is a lot of points for the Steelers offense. That being said, I have no issue locking up the Steelers in this one. I really do not think that the Bill or the Lions match up well against the Steelers front. I think 
that for everything the Lions can do, winning deep is not what they do right now. And I think that that's how you have to beat this Steelers team. I don't see it happening. Their defense is abominable. It really is abominable. And I think that this is going to be the type of game where the Steelers actually can execute their offensive plan the way they want to, which is kind of dink and dunk, run heavy. They don't really have the best personnel for what they want to run, but that is how you beat this Detroit Lions team easily. They cannot stop it. They've proven it time and time again. So I actually think that this is going to be a blowout for the Steelers. That being said, 42.5 point over-under is super low. I believe it is the lowest of the week. Yes, it is. That being said, I am taking the under. I don't think the Lions are putting up almost any points on the board. Even for the Steelers being able to run the offense they want to do, that is a slow pace of scoring long drive type offense that's going to involve a lot of plays. I do think it is going to be somewhat low scoring. It scares me, but if I'm being honest with myself, I think it's going to be something along the lines of a 27 to 10 type game. So I will take the under. Zach, how do you feel? I see you feel really strongly about something. Yeah, um, well, I do agree with you that Pittsburgh, I mean, the Lions have just looked terrible. And you know what? It's a team, and I really do like the way they have built their team. I'm not sure if I've said it on this podcast before. I know I've said it, you know, on different platforms. But I don't know if Dan Campbell is going to be the guy that leads them back to the promised land in terms of a coaching perspective. He really is a good leader. I like Brad Holmes as a GM. I thought they nailed the coordinator hires. I really like Anthony Lynn. I know he doesn't have the personnel. Neither does defensive coordinator Aaron Glynn. But those are two very respected guys. And the way they in there too. Yeah, and the way they drafted. Really good leader, man. The way they drafted, or they have been drafting, building the trenches. Like they drafted a ton of defensive tackles. They have a lot of young interior defensive linemen that I really like. And Deshaun Hand, um, Levi Awuzarike former Washington Husky. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Legend. I got to say something on Levi Luzarike that just – the only thing is he refuses to watch film on the tackles he's going up against. He says it doesn't matter. He only watches his film. If he has the right plan, he's going to win. That's, man, if he ever changed his mind on that, he would be unreal to go up against. That's, that's all. That's a little tangent, but – yeah, as long as Detroit's not playing him at nose tackle like Washington did. But regardless, <laughs> the Steelers, um, I mean, it's a very boring game, objectively speaking. I feel I would be very curious to see, I don't know if you could pull it up or if you have it in front of you, the public's money on Detroit in this game, because I no. could see a lot of people. I could see... I'm not predicting it, because I'm taking the Steelers, and I think they're going to win. But I will not be, you know. I can look up the, the blown. I would not be blown out of my socks if Detroit like made it very interesting and perhaps got their first win. Just knowing like how Steelers teams and how Mike Tom- like he takes his foot off the gas, man. Sometimes, like this team, and as much as I love Mike Tomlin and most of the coaching staff here in Pittsburgh, like they have been known in years past. And I'm not just referring to that Jacksonville playoff game, but they overlook opponents at times. And do I think they will this week? Likely not, but I'm just saying it's a possibility. I'm just saying it's a possibility. I think Najee Harris is going to have a big game. Ben Roethlisberger should look semi-competent against this. 
Lions defense. So this is an interesting betting line, by the way. For yes. so for the over under, sixty nine percent of the money is on uh, Pittsburgh, but sixty seven percent of the tickets, so sixty percent of the total bets are on Detroit. So a lot of people putting really big bets on Pittsburgh and small bets on Detroit. Uh, then if we look at the cash for the over-under, 90% of the money is on the over, but 57% of the tickets is on the under. Oh, wow. So that's kind of a, that's a pretty interesting, yeah. Yeah, that's crazy, but I, like the Steelers here, I agree with you in that sense. And speaking of that 90% betting the over, put me in on that. I'm locking up the over in this game. I get it's not ideal, Lowest, it just doesn't feel right for a game that's the lowest line of the week. I can see the Steelers, you know, using a heavy ground based game. I think Najee, I think this could be a really, really big Najee Harris game. I, I know too. they've been giving him a ridiculous amount of volume. I could see them going up like 21 nothing, and then, you know, them kind of taking their foot off the gas. Lions play catch up mode 42 and a half, man. I mean, that just feels so low. Like they. The Lions, the Lions, I'm not saying they have great talent. I like some of the guys they have. I like DeAndre Swift, TJ Hawkinson. They just uh, claimed. They didn't claim OBJ, but they did claim Josh Reynolds, who could not beat out Nick Same Westbrook thing. and Chester <laughs> Rogers in Tennessee. But, yeah, I mean, I just feel like that line is too low for this game. I do think both quarterbacks will look respectable. Taylor Decker is back for the Lions, so maybe he could help. That's, that's noteworthy, that's, especially yeah. this week. Yeah, yeah. so he could help combat that ferocious Steelers, Steelers pass rush. So I'll take the over here. I'll lock it up. I feel really, really good about that. Moving on, we have, I mean, I don't want to say it's the easiest game of the week to pick, but if – if Tampa Bay on the road loses to this iteration of the Washington football team, I would be, I mean, them just fucking nuke the league, man. Because, I mean, I feel like everybody has lost to somebody who they should. I mean, that is just insane. But Bucks are favored by nine and a half on the road, as they should be. I'm taking the Bucks in this game. I think Tom Brady is going to just simply have his way with this defense. There's no reason for him not to, unless for some reason they just sleepwalk against them. Uh, he's probably the MVP favorite right now. I would say, I brought this up in our Slack, but I think right now it's between Brady and Kyler. Brady has the better counting stats, but I do see a scenario right now where even if Brady has, you know, maybe a couple more touchdowns, maybe 100, 200 more passing yards than Kyler Murray, but the Cardinals go like 14 and 3, 15 and 2. I, I think it's his award. But if I had to pick a guy, best player in the league this year, or at least MVP, I would probably say it's Tom Brady right now. And I just simply think that him and that receiving core is going to just dismantle Washington football team. And the over on there, 51 and a half. I'm going to take the over here. I think this has like severe blowout potential, which. Probably shouldn't say that. Sorry, Bucks fans. Now you'll win like 30 to like 23 because Brady throws like two silly picks to Cameron Curl or something like that. But <laughs> nah, but yeah, I just, I, Tampa Bay is going to score enough and I do think it will be similar to, or not similar to, what am I saying? 
I think Washington football team has the personnel to be able to score and to have time. Taylor Heineke, this is a very pass-heavy offense. I would love to see them get Antonio Gibson involved for fantasy purposes selfishly, but I like the over in this game. It's a big one, but I feel pretty good about it. 51.5 over. How do you feel about it, Alex? Similarly, a little bit different. I agree with you. I mean, I picked Tom Brady for MVP preseason. Not seen a single reason to go against that. I love Tom Brady, and I think that he's having potentially his best year since 2007. So I'm just amazed at what he's been able to do in terms of his average depth of target when you factor in his average time to throw. It's just insane. It's just insanity. I don't think I've ever seen it before. So that's very interesting. I think that this is a rough secondary to try to combat that attack, especially with a decently healthy receiver core right now over there. I, I think it could be ugly as well. I do think that this is a Bucks, even with a nine and a half point. I mean, that's a big line, but yeah, I, I think I definitely have to go with the Bucks in this one. A lot of points up. Something that I found when I was doing my mock draft over the course of the last week is that a lot of Washington football fans want Kyle Hamilton to use him as a true free safety, which I'm not going to lie, would infuriate me a bit because just putting him back there would take away so much of his potential value for what he can be. But that's just a little side tangent. I just disagree a bit with the over-under. I think 51.5 points is a lot of points for what this Washington football team has been. I just don't really get how they're going to put up enough points to make it work against this Bucks team that can grind it out. I think this is going to be one of those games where you'll be sitting looking pretty at halftime when there's 35 points, whatever, on the board, and it'll be 28 to 7, and then we'll get to the end of the game, and it will be 31 to 10 or something like that. I think it's just going to be one of those games that gets really ugly and just continues to get more ugly for the rest of the time. You kind of just tread water, keep everybody healthy the rest of the way. That being said, I mean, I don't feel great picking the under in this one. I'm definitely not locking it up. I think that there could definitely be a lot of points on the board. Is is Fitzpatrick I I remember I saw him throwing. Is he by any chance ready? I don't think he's going to play this week. I will look it up right now. So just give me a second. If, if you get Fitzpatrick out there, then I start to feel a little bit more nervous. I, I don't feel too nervous if it's uh, Taylor Heineke out there for the over-under. So a day – I'm sorry. So a day ago, I'm just looking at this top story. I Googled Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah. From the Washington Times, I guess Rivera said yesterday, Ryan Fitzpatrick showing, quote, progress, but still no, quote, timetable. So Okay, so he's not even close. So Yeah, he's not. Yeah, then, uh, yeah, I'm going to stick with the under here. But it does make me a bit nervous because I think a lot of points could be scored in this game and potentially a lot of short fields for the Bucks. Sneaky good matchup up next. The Vikings at the Chargers. Chargers are favored by three at home, which essentially means they're calling it a push, which I found a little bit interesting. This was a tough one for me to pick. I'm not going to lie to you. I think the Vikings kind of match up decently well against the Chargers for me. I know they've been in the news quite a bit with the Dalvin Cook situation, which looks just messy overall. And you can never play a factor for what that's going to do to a team. I do think Dalvin Cook is playing as far as I'm aware still. I think that this Chargers run defense is going to have a hard time shutting down this Vikings run game. And I also think that, man, if they can just stop Joey Bosa from going absolutely nuts, Kirk Cousins is kind of the type of quarterback that will pick apart a defense that doesn't want to let you go deep. 
Like he's happy to sit there and take the unders all day. So I think it's actually kind of a good matchup for the Vikings. I do think the Vikings, I believe, are third overall in uh, yards per pass temp against them as a defense, which is mind-boggling, giving their cornerback room. I think that this could be another week where one of two things happens. Either Keenan Allen is going to go absolutely off, and they're just going to target him anytime they see him in something close to single coverage, and he will win maybe 14 catches for 200 yards. I can see that happening. Or I think they're kind of going to slow down Herbert a bit. I, I think that Herbert's quarterback right now, who they still – he kind of wants to make those deep throws. And when they're not there, Joe Lombardi's not scheming up the stuff to make it there. So it's going to be kind of a game where you're asking Justin Herbert to kind of slowly pick a defense apart. That can be tough. I think that Storm Norton is still an issue on the right side. I think there's going to be a lot of pressure coming from that side against him. I don't think it's a game where Eckler is going to be going off on the ground. So I'm actually going to take the Vikings in this one, although it's one of those, man, either either pick would have made me feel pretty nervous in this one. I think that it's an intriguing game that I'm hoping I'm going to be able to watch. 52.5 points is the over-under on this one. That is a lot of points for me in this one. I do get that anytime you get the charge in the game, the threshold for how many points can be scored goes up because they're going for it every fourth down. And that's going to lead to points regardless, either short fields or them just pinning to put it together drives. But 52 and a half is a lot for this game, especially for two defenses that are kind of built to stop explosive plays. So I am going with the under. Zach, how do you feel? Um, So I know I've kind of spewed these bold predictions these past few weeks, and most of them haven't hit. I'm here for it. One thing I will say in this game, Maybe it's not even a bold prediction, but just looking at the matchups of these skilled players that these guys have, like this could be a big week. Like if you are a fantasy player and you have Eckler, Cook, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Justin Jefferson, someone like that, I think I think this could be a very good game if you have one of those guys. Because I look at Dalvin Cook and I get – you know, we're not going to really dive into those specific, like, allegations because it's a very murky situation. We don't have any info on that, but or we don't have enough info on that. But Dalvin Cook against the Chargers run defense is a big yikes for Los Angeles. And Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Austin Eckler, and those tight ends that, you know, Jared Cook, Donald Parham, is a big yikes for this Washington, uh, Washington Minnesota secondary. So I kind of like – I get what you're saying. I agree with you. I do not feel great about this game. I could uh, hunt, I could 100% see Minnesota winning this game. I believe Justin Herbert is going to have one of his best games of, the, of his season in this game. Really? Because I just don't – I don't – outside of Harrison Smith, who can I trust in that secondary? Because Patrick Peterson has not looked good, but Sean Breland, I believe, has – I think both those guys are in the top six or seven of yards allowed. In still, the NFL. still third in uh, yards per pass attempted against them. And I think what it is is uh, Kendricks has actually been a shutdown on both slot receivers and tight ends so far this year. Yeah, so, I mean, well, he's awesome. Eric Kendricks, yeah. big fan of his. That's kind of how they disguised it. Also, uh, De- what's the other uh, the other safety uh, from Dallas they got over there? Xavier, Xavier Woods. He's actually played pretty well this year. Yeah. No, yeah, you're right. Um, And for a team that likes to attack the middle of the field, like, 
LA does a lot outside of the occasional, you know, Mike Williams, you know, vertical shot, but it's a very weird game. I'm excited to watch it. I'm excited to see how it plays out. It might be the most intriguing game of that. Actually, never mind. That's a that's your team's game, but it is one of the more it's the most intriguing AFC game. I I would much rather watch this game. Right? The Vikings are in the NFC. It doesn't even make sense. I like this game. This game will be fun <laughs> to watch. Game. I will enjoy watching this game. <laughs> but I will take the Chargers in here mainly because I think Justin Herbert will find good success in the passing game, more so than Minnesota will do in the running game. Not to say that Kirk Cousins will have a bad game, but nonetheless, I do agree with you over under. I'm going to take the under. It just feels really big, and I know I kind of contradicted myself by saying I think a lot of the main skill players are going to go off, but listen, man, you could have nine catches, 150 yards, and no touchdowns. Win between win inside of the 20s. That's how you do it. That's how you make the Zach Dietz prediction come true. But 52 and a half feels a little high for me. I definitely agree with you, um, especially for a Minnesota team that I think will be relying on the run game a decent bit to try and find their success against this incredibly poor Chargers run defense. I like the under here. So, yeah, game of the week, Vikings-Chargers, stamping my flag on it. Most viewed this will supersede Super Bowls in terms of Nielsen viewing, in my oh, opinion. Oh, 100%. Yeah, 100%. Moving on, we have... Moon Landing 2.0. We have a rematch of, I believe it was 2015, if I'm not mistaken. The 2015, or 2016. I think it was the 2015 season, but it happened in 2016. NFC Championship game, the Panthers and the Cardinals. And guess what? Cam Newton's back. For the Panthers. I don't think he'll be playing this week. Cardinals are favored by 10 at home. They've looked like a great team. Kyler Murray's looked awesome. You know, I'm a big Chase Edmonds fan, even though he's hurt. James Connors looked really good. James Connor went off last week. Yeah, DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins, you know, hopefully he'll be back. Christian Kirk's looks solid. But I do yeah. not give a fuck. I am locking up Carolina right now. And that feels really silly. I want you to look up these public betting numbers. They hear me out. Even if Cam I wish Newton, I would have screen recorded that. Even if Cam Newton is not playing, which I don't think he will, and I think uh, PJ Walker is pretty bad with the health with the healthy Christian McCaffrey. Especially, let's look at these factors. You have a healthy Christian McCaffrey. You have a young defense that has been playing really good. I believe Shaq Thompson's back, and he's been playing just as good as he has been. Hopefully Brian Burns will be ready to go this week after, you know, that. Gator roll. Yeah. Dirty, dirty play by Mac Jones. What what was your opinion on that? We haven't we didn't really it, talk. It looked a whole I'm not gonna pretend to know what's going on in the mind of a player, I mean, feared across the league as a dirty player by Mac Jones. I mean, <laughs> he strikes fear into the heart of defensive linemen everywhere. But uh you don't want to hit him. You don't want to hit him, but it looked a whole lot like he just made a mistake. He was angry about it and did something spur of the moment, probably without thinking about it, probably like unintentionally intentional is what it looked like to me. And unfortunately it resulted in injury. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know for a fact, it wasn't so clear that it was like obvious, but uh, if he did, man, that's, that's a bad look. That's a bad look. And you hate to see it. No place for it in the game. If, if it was intentional. Yeah, I mean, I kind of feel the same way. Like, I feel 
When I first watched it, I had assumed maybe he was just trying to, like, pull and, like, on the leg, try and bring him down or something. You know, try and, you know, make a play on the ball. But once I saw that, you know, like... And you're just, you're taught not to do that. You're taught not to do that early on. Yeah, I mean, it's a bit... I, like, the way you put it is good. Intentionally, unintentional. Wherever you said it. But... Yeah, unintentionally intentional. I I think these Panthers, I think this is a motivated team. They have Cam Newton back. This is a team that's going to try and push for the seventh seed or a playoff spot in the NFC. And the Cardinals, I mean, as good as Kyler Murray's look, I could see this defense kind of playing really well against Kyler Murray. Maybe I'm just talking myself into a theory. I'm not sure. But minus 10, even though they are home, feels a little big for me. Or not, not even a little big. It's a respectable line, but... I don't know, man. I just feel like a lot of money is going to be on Carolina in this game. And I, this Panthers team, I'm not a big fan of them. I don't think they'll make the playoffs, but who knows, man. I like the Panthers here. I'm going to lock it up. Over under in this game, 44 and a half. I'm also going to take the over in this game. You know, if I think the Panthers are being the Cardinals, chances are. Probably going to supersede 20 points per game. So I can see a scenario where... Oh, let me also say this. I think the Cardinals are going to win this game. I just feel like minus 10 is too big of a line. So I could no. see, like... What do Zach you mean, doesn't no? give a fuck about win or losses. Zach thinks it's going to end in a tie. Come on, you're already getting gold. I, I will never bet on a tie. I fucking <laughs> hate ties. I hate them so much. I could go on like a 10-minute rant about why ties are the stupidest... Screw it. 44 and a half. It's too low. I like the over in this game. Alex, I assume you're going to disagree with me. Tell me why you disagree with me. I do disagree with you uh, completely and utterly in this one. Although I do hate ties. And you know what? If you're going to tie, just both teams should get a loss. That's how I see it. Uh, but <laughs> no, I, uh, I do think the Cardinals are going to cover. I, I think, man, this is a tough week for the Panthers, especially if Brian Burns isn't there. I know Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins, both uh, game-time decisions, they might not play. will be banged up if they do play. That being said, man, this Panthers defense is just battered by injuries. Offense has had some significant is- injury issues as well. And I think that there's just probably a lot of tension in there. I mean, when you start off as strong as they do, look as promising as they do, and then a quarterback who you've committed to for next year, committed draft capital to still in the future, a second round pick next year as well. And Sam Donald just single-handedly tanks an entire team, even with good play calling. I think tensions are running high there. And especially after the Brian Burns injury and the way it went down, this just feels like a week where they could just have a real letdown, I feel like. And then you factor in that it's probably going to be PJ Walker out there throwing the ball. Man, I just don't know. I just don't know. Against against what is maybe the only team in the NFL that's a faster team than them. I think, for me, the, the appeal of the Panthers has been how fast and physical they are. They're missing a lot of those pieces. And I think that the uh, Arizona Cardinals are the only team that might be faster and potentially more physical. They're, I think it's a rough matchup for Christian McCaffrey if he's got P.J. Walker going up against that linebacker corps. I, I'm going to go Arizona here. Even if it is Colt McCoy, I feel like this is probably a week where the offense is just working. Cliff Kingsbury is actually looking pretty good right now. Who would have thought? And the defense is looking phenomenal, even better. 
Uh, that being said, there's a very real chance this is a Colt McCoy versus P.J. Walker matchup. Hey, man, listen. And- Colt McCoy outplayed Jimmy G last week, and people forget that. That's uh, not the highest. Hey, Jimmy G actually played decent last week, to give him no, credit. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. He, it was he like, to me, it was his best back. start of the year. I, I thought Jimmy G Yikes. was. Yeah. Man. Well, that's not Well, he's much. out of there anyway. Let's be clear. Yeah, it Let's don't be, matter. Man, Shanahan. That's, we'll get to that later. But um, anyways, Cole McCoy did play pretty well. He's just so limited. It's kind of fun to watch. Tight ro- bit of a tight rack. Like every throw, it's like. Man, if anyone is slightly off on their time, this might get good going the other way real quick. But he's definitely a leader. He's definitely a good film study. I like watching him play, even if it's kind of uh, not the most exciting thing to watch uh, from a uh, big play standpoint. But even if 44 and a half points in a team like the Cardinals, I'm going to take the under here, actually, just because there's so much potential for it to be a Colt McCoy versus P.J. Walker thing going up against two good, fast defenses. I think that there's a real chance that it's a low-scoring game on this one. I, I think it could be something along the lines of 24 to 10 or maybe 24 to 9, something along those lines. So I will take the under in it. If we do end up with a healthy DeAndre Hopkins, Kyler Murray, I'll feel a little bit more nervous about it, but we'll see. We'll see. The Panthers have definitely had a couple games where they put up like three points this year. So I just I wouldn't feel right picking the over on it. Uh, Eagles at the Broncos. Broncos favored by two and a half at home. I kind of went back and forth on this one. The Broncos looked awesome last week. I think Javante Williams, who you'll know pretty well, I'm about the biggest fan of anybody. He was my running back one, only running back gave a first round grade to last year. He looked great. He looked great. I think that if they can finally start utilizing him over Melvin Gordon a little bit more, that'll be good for the offense. A lot of playmakers are coming in there. They look feisty. It seemed like Somehow Vic Fangio seemed to rile up that team around the idea that, look, they don't believe in us. They traded away our best pass rusher, you know, a legend on the team. Like, we're going to prove them wrong. And it seemed to work because they just destroyed Dallas last week. I mean, it really, 30-16 did not do the way that game went justice. It was close to 30 to nothing in terms of how it played out. Some late score in there. I think the Eagles match up against them pretty well, though. I think they've shown they're willing to take the underneath stuff. They're willing to run quite a bit. I think that they will manage to put points on the board here. I think you've kind of seen them go away a bit from Miles Sanders, who my feelings about have been made pretty clear on this one. I think Denver has a bit of a softer run defense. They are still missing Vaughn Miller from the past perspective. Jalen Hurts, there's definitely been some Jalen Hurts moments in there where he's looked a whole lot like the downside of Jalen Hurts. But overall, he's played better than I expected. I do think Sirianni's doing a really good job coaching up the offense. That being said, it's just a really good matchup for this Broncos offense. I think that the Eagles don't have the best run defense in the world. I think Javante's tackle breaker can get into that second level pretty well against them. And then their whole defensive strategy is just like, we will give you anything you want underneath. I think they're allowing something like a 77% completion rate against, which is just actually unbelievable to me. Uh, They are taking that like Zimmer – defense just bend don't break and they are applying it to a ridiculous level with Gannon and just saying look you know what we're going to do we know what you're going to do execute 15 plays in a row and you can score and that is Teddy Bridgewater shit and I so I think that this is a really good matchup for Teddy Bridgewater I think I wouldn't be shocked if he completes over 90% of his pass in this one and I am going to take the Broncos 
And like I'm saying, I think this is going to be a game where points get scored. I, I think 45, no brainer. I came very close to locking it up. I almost wish I did. I think I might have had to think about it seriously at 50. So I'm definitely taking the over on this one. What about you, Zach? Lockstep again. Um, yeah, the Broncos Lockstep. look incredible. I mean, I did not. If there was one team, listen, any good team in the NFL is due to have a down week, which was kind of like the theme of week nine. But, like, seriously, seeing the inconsistencies of Denver, especially even though they have a good defense against that Dallas team with Dak coming, with, with Dak coming back from injury. And, and no Von Miller. And Nova Mill, I mean, that was like a shocker. Like I was yeah. like, "Holy shit!" Like this is Jerry Jones. I'm surprised, surprised he didn't keel over after that one. But man, um, yeah, I mean, I like the Broncos in this game a lot. I feel a little better about it than you do, um, mainly because I just don't trust the Eagles at all. I do like Nick Sirianni as a play caller. I'm, I know you do as well. I just don't think Jalen Hurts is that good. I don't think they can maintain any level of consistency within their offense that leads to, you know, consecutive efficient scoring for the Eagles. Plus the defensive issues. I like the Broncos in this game. And I agree with you. The over, I mean, I almost locked it up also. I was actually flip-flopping between that and the Lions-Steelers game, but decided to, you know, help myself out a little bit and – um you know, take take the little less points with the Lions and Steelers. Oh, by the way, we did not go over this at the beginning of the podcast. I will do it super quickly. While Alex was able to retake, or not retake, but slightly increase his lead, he is 135, 134, and 3. I'm 127-142 and 3 on the year. What really matters, in my opinion, and I'm sure the listeners also, is we're locked on top on lock or we are tied on locks. So, Let's go. That's yeah, I mean, that's what, that's what I'm going for at this point, just so I can say, you know what? My that's the divisional record better. of betting right there. My stronger opinions are better than your stronger opinions. But in all <laughs> seriousness, I like the over in this game. I do think – do I think Denver hangs 30 again, even though it's a worse defense? Probably not. I mean, I think they kind of fall back to earth despite Teddy Bridgewater's good year. And – like I said, I like the Eagles' offense to score a little more. 45 feels really low. I'll take the over there. Moving on. Really quickly. Yeah. What do you think will be a higher number? Jalen Hurts' pass attempts or rushing attempts this week? Uh, it's. I mean, it's closer than a lot of people would think. I mean, But Sirianni hates to run the ball. I know it's a QB scramble, but still. I mean, He's ran the ball quite a bit the last couple weeks. Yeah, he has after, you know, not playing his best running back that much. But anyway, not going to get into a uh, Miles Sanders debate. Shut the fuck up. Uh, Moving on, we have a return of two elite quarterbacks. Alex, you probably got a – you were probably hyped for this one, man. I was about to say something. I was going to make a boner joke, but I felt it was too inappropriate. But uh, <laughs> And then I just did it. Yep. <laughs> Seattle Seahawks with Russell Wilson back in tow. Sands Odell Beckham Jr., who I actually really did think was going to sign with you guys. So that must suck. I thought he was going to be on one of these two teams. I didn't know yeah, which no, one. No, yeah, I did too. But Seahawks take it on. Anti, Anti-Vax Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. Immunized. Packers favored. Immunized. Packers. Favored by minus three and a half. That was a really awkward way of saying it. 
I hate to say, man, and I want to preface this by saying I don't feel great about it. I like the Packers in this game. I just feel like they have a more complete team at the current moment. You're not uh, wrong. The offensive, li- yeah, the offensive line, I think, has been playing really well at the start. Okay, go for it. Yeah, so uh, this game, the Packers, I get they've had some issues with, you know, consistency on offense. Aaron Jones has kind of, I mean, he's been awesome, but in terms of just like efficiency, been able to get consecutive high scoring rushing games, I I haven't seen it. Aaron Rodgers has been good, but he has not been that same guy. I'm not saying he's falling off a cliff, but they just stay winning games. And Matt LaFleur, has done a great job. I know you're a big LaFleur guy. Big. I just trust the stability of this Packers team over, you know, the Seahawks. And this has to be a must-win game for them. I really don't. I, you know what? This is going to be a game where I'm going to pick the Packers, and I am taking them to win outright. And the Seahawks are going to win. I'm going to hate myself. I really am. I'm going to hate myself. Just like Thursday night where all season, every preseason prediction I made on NFL Playoff Predictor, I picked the Dolphins to beat the Ravens. And I picked the Ravens because the Dolphins <laughs> suck, and it fucked me in the years. But it doesn't matter. What's gone is gone. I will always have that moral victory, which is what we shoot for here on the uh, Juicy Deets podcast. Spoken like someone with a sub-500 betting record. (laughs) Hell yeah. (laughs) But, um, yeah, I like the Packers in this game. Over-under, 49.5. I'm going to take the under here, mainly tying into the consistency issues I find on both teams' offenses. I could see some rust coming from both these guys. I would not be surprised if either of these – I'm not saying Aaron Rodgers will look like week one against the Saints because that was really bad. And Russell – but Russell Wilson coming off, you know, these were his first missed games of his career. Or like what, in the last like seven years or something like that? Yeah, I don't think he'd ever missed a game before. Yeah, I know. So, I mean, some Russ could play a factor. I don't think it'll be a pretty game by any sense. On paper, it looks amazing. By all accounts, he was supposed of- to be out for longer too. So yeah. there is a risk of, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, knock knock on wood, hopefully that doesn't happen. But, yeah, I, I'll i take the under here. What about you, Alex? I, I kind of see it pretty similar to you. I, I do think the Packers are a more complete roster. Um, I do think LaFleur, I, for me, my money, I think right now he's the best coach in the NFL. I uh, There are some other really strong candidates in there. But for my money, he is definitely a really good offensive mind, despite what happened last week. That being said, I think there's a couple facts here. I think one, for whatever reason, Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll, especially together, are two of the best motivators in the entire NFL. Pete Carroll, you can say whatever you want with him as an X to no coach, right? People do play better for him. People do tend to really like him and play hard for him across the board. That's always been the case. Same thing for Russell Wilson. And it seems like when they get their backs against the wall, they've always played incredibly well. I think that's probably going to be the case here. I think the Seahawks have really grown over the last three weeks while he's been out. They played really well, actually, with Geno Smith there. There's been some issues with Geno Smith. I mean, the drop-off between Russ Wilson and Geno Smith is a massive one. But they've looked a lot better. I think, quietly, the defenses have approved massively. And a lot of that's been getting certain people that were getting a lot of reps that didn't deserve those those snaps kind of out of there. 
and improving a lot of the cornerback play, particularly playing the secondary all around some of the scheming. I think Ken Norton Jr. has done a better job. Over the last five weeks, they've only given up 18 points a game. And while they haven't necessarily played the strongest slate of offenses, there are teams like the Rams in there that they played really well against, haven't given up more than 26 points, which was the Rams, played the 49ers as well. A couple strong teams in there. I think that with Russell Wilson back, they're going to be motivated, and I do think this is a must-win game. I think if I was betting on the team to take that seventh wildcard spot, Seattle's probably the team I'm betting on. So I think that this is going to be one of those games. They've always just done really well against Rodgers for some reason. They find a way to win. And Rodgers always tends to, when he gets that massive media backlash against him, it seems like he takes himself a week to get right. And I think that could be the case here. Uh feel not too good about this. I think the Packers, for me, man, there's three teams where maybe four where it's kind of the Rams, the Packers, the Bucks, and the Bills are just those teams where they are on another tier of everybody else. And for me, the Packers could easily be at the top of that, especially with Rodgers performing well, rest healthy. Their defense has been phenomenal too, which has not been talked about too much. That being said, here are the Packers' last four scores with Rodgers starting at quarterback. 24, 24, 24, and 25. So they're not the explosive offense we're used to for them, even with Rodgers back. And then we had what happened last week. Seahawks giving up 18 points a game. I feel a lot more confident in saying this is going to be the under. 49.5 points, a lot of points. Got two defenses that are playing pretty well. The Packers on another level than the Seahawks. Seahawks improved. Two quarterbacks that are two of the best of the game to ever do it. But coming off some rough situations, definitely probably be a little rusty. Maybe some mental issues, uh, you know, not mental issues, I guess, but uh, mental reasons why they might struggle a bit in this game. I think the under, I feel really good about. Last two games here, we've got one of the more intriguing matchups again, the Chiefs at the Raiders. Chiefs favored by two and a half on the road. This is a candidate for uh, me switching a pick here. I've got the Raiders down. I want to take the Raiders. They have had the Chiefs number the last few years. There's a blueprint for how to beat the Chiefs right now, at least defensively. It is not what the Raiders do. I think Gus Bradley is the last person still running that true Legion of Boom, Pete Carroll defensive scheme, and he does not alter it too much. He's We're going to get really good at two plays, beat us at it, and they've had the defensive line to just get after the quarterback and make it work. I don't know if they can do it right now. I don't know if one week is enough time for Deshaun Jackson to kind of emerge as that deep threat. Derek Carr, man, I've loved how he's played. I love the person. I love the leadership. If he gets hit hard early, there is a tendency for him to kind of shrivel up a little bit. And I I think Spagnuolo sends enough blitz that he's going to at some point get after him. I'm going to hate myself for it. I'm going to switch my pick here. I'm switching to the Chiefs in this one. I think this is a get-right game for that offense. I don't feel great about it. I'm definitely going to be rooting for the Raiders. I hope the Raiders win. Going to switch taking the Chiefs. How can you root against Steve Spagnuolo? Easily. Uh, Two-time, two-time Super Bowl champion Steve Spagnuolo. That is true. And he runs a fun defense. I don't have any issue rooting against him. I am personally a big fan of rooting against whichever team has Tyree Kill because fuck that guy. You heard it here first. Great player. 
off field uh, stuff. Yes, just, because the Raiders have done a great job this year of staying out of the uh, limelight with off-the-field issues. I will say this. If the Raiders had someone choke out and punch the stomach repeatedly of their pregnant wife or pregnant girlfriend, they would be kicked off the team. So, that being said, always going to root against the Chiefs. They're fun to root against, too, because they're good enough that it's fun to root against them. I'm taking the Chiefs in this one, though. 52.5 points, very high over-under. Raiders have been one of the best defense. Chief offense have not been good. I think this is a get-right game for them, and I do think that there's going to be a lot of points scored in this game. I am taking the over. Zach, how do you feel? Yeah, for this game, selfishly, I kind of did so. I mean, I don't pick a game just based on, you know, like my hopes, but like what I do believe. I will say for this game, I am of I am of the opinion that the Chiefs do wind up getting it right the second half of the season. I think Patrick Mahomes starts to find his rhythm again. So I kind of hedged on both my picks. I'm taking the Chiefs against the spread. I feel that this is the second time they met up this year, right, or the first? Uh, to, in, in my head, it's the first, but I could be wrong. I, yeah, I, th- not... I think it's the first. My my bad. But uh, you know, the Raiders are known for getting one on. The, I would not be surprised if the Raiders won this game. But there's just so much talent still on this Kansas City team, and we know the Raiders, despite you know coming off a loss to. Speaking of Steve Spagnola, the New York Giants. But yeah, I mean. I just see some inconsistencies with this team. I feel like this is a really, really tough game to pick. But I'm going to go with the Chiefs because I still believe in Patrick Mahomes. And I feel like this could either be a big Tyreek Hill or a Travis Kelsey game, especially with the Raiders linebackers. When I said hedge, I'm going to take the under here. Going to go against my own rule, always betting the Chiefs over. Mainly because of the last few weeks. But at the same time, yeah, it has cost us. And... Also, the Raiders' offense did not look good last week. I mean, they made Patrick Graham look like Vince Lombardi out there calling plays or whatever, some, somebody like that. But, man, I'll take the under there. I don't feel great about it. I do I do honestly believe the Chiefs will win this game, however, and get back into playoff contention. Moving – contending contention, if that makes sense. They will get back into con- – yes, contending contention. But moving on to the final game of the week, Monday Night Football. Before the year held, this would have looked like a great game on paper. Two, Shanahan versus McVay. Rams at the 49ers. Rams favored by four on the road. And I know you feel really strongly about this game, man. I feel just as strongly as you. I just cannot see the way this 49ers defense has played with all of the injuries and just the mess of an offense it has been. To see the Rams falling falling against them, especially coming off a very embarrassing performance. I don't think Matt Stafford will have as bad as a game as he did against San Francisco. I just don't see that happening. Like I said at the beginning of this podcast, everyone, I think this is going to be a week where a lot of teams that did not play as well bounce back this weekend. The Rams are one of those. I really like them. In this matchup, 49 and a half. I'm going to take the over, though. Um, I get Monday Night Football, but listen, it's two offensive play callers going to try two great offensive play callers going to be trying to outsmart each other. I think Shanahan's going to be pulling out all the stops in this one. He Their playoff chances are hanging on by a thread. 
And, you know, minus four, I like the Rams to win more than four, win by more than four. But I think it could be closer than a lot of people see. I don't think it, I don't think this will be a blowout after predicting a Rams blowout last week, which means they'll win by 40 points. But I will take the Rams. I will take the over. Alex, say your piece. Yeah, I think it's going to be a blowout. Uh, I think it's going to be an ugly game. I, I really do. I think I, I think the 49ers are overrated. I, I've kind of thought that the whole – ever since they played Seattle, I kind of watched them and was like, oh, oh, no. Like, Trey Lance is not ready. He's not, and Jimmy Garoppolo is also not healthy. And when he's not healthy, bad things happen. He did play decent last week. I don't think the Rams' defense is the get-right spot for this offense. Uh, I, I think – the only thing that could really hurt them is if they try to force Odell 10 targets in this game before he knows the playbook, which I don't think is going to happen. I don't expect him to play much, if at all, in this game. And, uh, yeah, I don't think the 49ers defense is stopping this Rams offense, and I do not think that this 49ers offense is doing much against Rams defense. I think it could be an ugly blowout. I'm going to go out and say 31-17 for the Rams is my prediction, and I'm locking up the Rams in this one. This was easily the thing I felt the most confident on any pick this entire week. 49.5 points is the over-under. I thought that was a pretty fair line. I think 48.5 points is where I said it in my mind. So it's pretty close. That being said, it was over that, that margin. I am going to take the under in it. I believe that over the last five weeks, the 49ers have only been in one game over 49 points and same thing for the Rams in terms of total points scored. So with that said, I just, I think that it's going to wind up in a game that is going to be just barely over under, and I'm going to be sweating it out the entire way. Uh, yeah. Um, I'm locking that one up. I think 49ers for me, I would be kind of shocked to make the playoffs and man, it's kind of sounded like people are starting to turn on Shannon a lot. Who I still think is a good coach. As but, they uh, should. I mean, I think he's a good coach too. But as uh, but he's I been, I said it a f- yeah, I said this a few weeks ago. Him and Flores have. What's his head coaching really record overall? Horrific years in terms of personnel decisions and just overall like. And it looks like man, it's way too early to say it, but he might have missed on the quarterback. I I don't know. I, I would not say that. I you can't like say it yet. I and hate I like it Trey when Lance. people say that. I love Trey Lance. I there's God. He just I think looks it's just so him. bad. He's looked so bad when he's been out there. That's what it is for me. I mean, he needs a year. That's why it's good to start. He definitely so, he needs at least a year, and we he, knew that coming in. It's just we knew that coming in, and Kyle probably knows that. Listen, Kyle's having a bad year. Personnel decisions, definitely some play calling miscues on his part, but he's not an idiot. Like he, so know, over, he knows, like yeah. he's trying to win. Like he, like his job isn't ridiculously safe, in my opinion. I mean, let's say San Francisco finishes like six and eleven or like seven and ten this year. He's gonna be, you know, they're gonna need to win next year for him to keep his job. He knows he doesn't have. This isn't some, you know, like what we thought. He's not in a situation like I'm trying to find a team with that scenario. Like before, I I get there better now, but. You you weren't very high on the Steelers before the beginning of the year, right? No, I was actually I was pretty much higher than anyone else. I refused to believe that uh, Tomlin was going to lose more than seven games. I kind of I kind of came around on that, but a lot of people had the Steelers in that six to nine win rate, like a mediocre team that 
probably just missed the playoffs and which is what their roster is it's just yeah i mean which yeah which it is but i'm that's what i'm saying like hypothetically if the steel if a team like the steelers with mike tomlin who is their head coach have i mean there's still a chance they do i don't think they will but if they go like seven and ten this year like okay bad year rush under the rug like that does not affect mike tomlin's tenure whatsoever if that happens to kyle shanahan given and i get injuries have been an issue he there's a good chance he's on the hot seat. I think he will be on the hot seat at the beginning of next season. Yeah, if you remove that 2019 season over three and a half years as a coach, he would be 19 and 37. Yeah, not great. I mean, with that, he's 32 and 40. It was one of the best years there ha- there's been. But I think that the other thing is, at a certain point, you have to kind of note, at least offensively, the Kyle Shanahan offense, when called correctly, invites just a ton of contact for everyone and quick moving contact generally in space, which I, I wonder if that does factor into their year after year bad injury luck, seemingly. Yeah. No, so it's, it's interesting. That being said, I mean, if he got fired as a head coach, he would get another job so quickly. So I feel quickly. he. <laughs> and he's, I don't think he's going to. Maybe it's just revisionist history. But I just feel like at the end of the day, I'm not saying it won't work. I mean, they obviously made a Super Bowl. They were leading at half of a Super Bowl. I would never say this. But in a perfect world, Kyle Shanahan is best suited as just a really elite offensive coordinator. It's quite possible. And, I mean, man, if if they did wind up missing on trade, if it gets to year three and they're, you know, still don't have a first-round pick – and Trey Lance hasn't panned out, that's, that's going to get ugly. I, I'm, so. Yeah, but I, I'm still not ready to say that at all yet. I'm not no, ready I'm not to say either. that at all yet. Yeah. I'm not either. It's just you are I expected just him to rolling. be bad. <laughs> you are nah, just man. rolling over this anti-NFC West San Seattle <laughs> propaganda that we are discussing right now. Well, I'm Bulls. saying the Rams are probably one of the best teams in the NFL, so that's not quite true, and I did pick the Cardinals to cover. But, uh, man, I, I don't know. Just watching Trey Lance, he's yeah. been – bad he's been bad he's not right it is what it is but this is kind of a fun one i i definitely like the super bowl lock for the panthers over the cardinals and i think uh not not in terms of point spread i should say but uh Similar i think that's gonna to, be a fun one if you yes. hit you get a victory lap you deserve a victory lap for it if you hit it'll be like my jaguars texans week one pick but uh yep. interesting enough are our, our four locks uh only one of them we agree with the other one on and that's the uh ram spread because you're taking the over in the or I'm taking the over in the Bills Jets game. You're taking the under in the Steelers Lions game and I'm obviously taking Carolina over Arizona. So, should be interesting. Good chance for you to make up some ground. Good chance to make up some ground right 100%. there. 100%. 100%. It's been a lot of fun, man. Love doing these. It has. Thanks again to all the listeners. Again, you can find Zach at NFL_deets on Twitter. You can find me at Juicy underscore Jensen and the Juicy Deets NFL podcast at Juicy Deets NFL. Thanks as always for listening. We will be back early next week with our top 15 offensive alignment podcast. Until then, enjoy the football slate this week.